Good morning, and thank you for joining us this morning. If you would like, and you're in the room, if you would like to take off your mask, you may do so now, because we are six feet apart, and we're sitting there, and we're not uh, singing to one another loudly, and so you may uh, uh, spread the love right where you are, and you're safe to do so. Uh, Turning your Bibles to Psalm chapter 5, Psalm chapter 5 that is where we're going in our series right now. We're only going to go two more weeks in Psalms, and then we'll be in Romans. And so we're thankful this morning to be here. It's good to see all of your faces. Some of you I haven't got to see in a long, long time, and so it is good to see you. Uh, and it was good to hear clapping. It was good to hear singing. And uh, so we are glad that you're here. And uh, we're glad that you can join us online as well. We're glad that we still have the ability to do both. And so some of you are joining us at home. And we're glad. And, and I think I actually heard you singing from home. And so uh, y'all were singing well uh, there. So today we're going to continue in that. And we're going to read Psalm 5. It is a morning psalm. Yeah, last week we looked at an evening psalm. Today we're going to look at a morning psalm. And we're going to be challenged to see how God... Through God, we can face each day. So let's read this psalm together, Psalm 5, and we'll see what the Lord has uh, in store through his perfect and errant word. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my sighing. Pay attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For I pray to you. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil cannot dwell with you. The boastful cannot stand in your sight. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who tell lies. The Lord abhors violent and treacherous people. But I enter your house by the abundance of your faithful love. I bow down towards your holy temple in reverential all of you. Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my adversaries. Make your way straight before me. For there is nothing reliable in what they say. Destruction is with them. Their throat is an open grave and the flatter with their tongues. Punish them, God. Let them fall by their own schemes. Drive them out because of their many crimes, for they rebel against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them. And may those who love your name boast about you. For you, Lord, Bless the righteous one. You surround him with favor like a shield. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word and its ministry to us because we know it is powerful. It is real. It changes our life. It changes the life of the hard-hearted. It changes the life of the willing. It changes the life because it is your word. And Lord, we pray, God, as we come to it today, that we would be changed and be made new from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been talking about song lists that we've had. We've been talking about maybe mixtapes that you might have made in the, in the day and, and different types of songs that you might have included on those playlists and mixtapes. Mix and maybe you had some song that was dedicated to, to getting you up in the morning, something that's upbeat, something that you could maybe sing along to in the shower, something that would uh, make you maybe wake you up a little bit so that you didn't look so maybe badly towards the rest of the day. Uh, I was in a, a musical when I was in high school, and I played Curly in Oklahoma. 
And if some of you, we've, we've done, uh, I think I've done pop, I've done rock, I've done country so far. But today, just a little show tune for you this morning. Uh, in Oklahoma, there's a famous song that it starts like this. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Did you know it? Sing along. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. And so maybe that's maybe I sing that every morning, don't I, Franklin? Do I sing that every morning? <laughs> uh, when he doesn't want to get out of bed, we sing it. We sing songs or listen to songs to get us ready to go in the morning. And as we notice in this verse or this passage that David is really focusing on the morning. Look in verse 3, in the morning, in the morning. There's a, there's a Hebrew, uh, uh, in the Hebrew that is pointing us to something that is important. And David wrote this song for the morning, and some commentators think, well, maybe this is a progression of what happened. Could be. This is not, we don't know for sure, but it could be a progression of Absalom and him being overthrown. And so uh, Psalm 3 is when Absalom put him out, and he's in lament. Psalm 4 is later that evening or at night. He's learning to say and understand we will trust in you. I can lay down and sleep because I know no matter what happens, God's going to take care of me. And maybe Psalm 5, so Psalm 3, Psalm 4, Psalm 5, Psalm 5 is the next morning after he's had that night to sleep over, over it and think of it and then entrust the rest of the day to God. Well, I believe this passage, David writes, no matter whether that's how it happened or not, there is an importance that he is saying that we can face our day to trust God. We know that if we start our day looking and trusting to God, our day will be sure and steadfast because whatever we have the rest of the day, we can face it with God's help. In the morning, again, repeated twice, helps us to see that it is important, very important for us to start our days with the Lord. I mean, we know this, right? Early in the morning, the early bird gets the worm. If you're a hunter, you get up early to go get your prey, whether it's a deer or a turkey or whatever. If you're a fisherman, fishermen do the same thing. They want to go when the fish are biting. We know in good golfers, they go out early in the morning, get the early tea times. That's why if I were to ever go golfing, I'd go in the afternoon because I don't want to go with the good golfers. Or maybe, just maybe, we know when there's a good deal on Black Friday, people get up at the earliest of mornings. Well, now... Black Friday starts on Thursday night, and so maybe that's not a good example anymore, but maybe you get up real early in the morning to make sure you can get to Kroger to get the toilet paper before it runs out. Uh, whatever it is that we know, getting up early is important, and especially as we think about trusting the Lord with our day. And how your day starts matters. And if this song was sung, it is a reminder to us that prayer is vital to a believer to start their day. Jesus would go out in the morning, we read, and pray. Paul went out early in the morning to pray. While it's not law for the Christian to do their devotion in the morning, it is very clear through the scriptures that examples of faithful believers started their morning with the Lord. 
And by doing so, helps us to see rightly through the rest of our day, no matter what the Lord has in store for us, no matter what will come our way, no matter what trial or thing unexpectedly that pops up, we know that God, with God, we can face our day with hope. And so today, that's what I want us to look at, is five things to trust in God through prayer for your day. So starting your day with prayer and understanding that we can trust God in it. And if you're taking notes at home or here in the room, number one, pray with expectation that God will be at work. Pray with expectation that God will be at work. I'm going to read verse 1 through 3 quickly, but it says, Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my sign. Pay attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for I pray to you. Isn't that interesting that, that first David begins by saying, God, hear me. God, hear me. I'm calling to you. I'm crying to you. But then listen to how verse 3 changes. He says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly. There's a difference in the tenses there, isn't it? First, David's saying, I'm crying out to you. But then he's also with confidence then saying in verse 3, God, I am confident that you hear me. Isn't it good to know as a believer that the God in whom every atom and molecule that has ever existed and ever been created, he, the God who created them, the one who knows every hair on our head, he listens to us. He hears us. And this is the confidence that we have in the believer. We have this wonderful hope as believers that knowing that when we cry out, whether it's a rough morning and we don't really want to face the day knowing what that day holds in store, or we're just waking up and we know that we, without one step or one breath, we need God to watch over us. We have this wonderful confidence that God hears us. And as we think through this, then it should change the way that we pray. This is a comfort to know that through the benefit of a believer, being trusted in the work of Christ, that, that God saving us, that us believing in faith, we have become a new person. And that new person has the Holy Spirit within us that when we cry out, God hears us. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit gives us access to God, that the Spirit himself is groaning and praying in ways that we don't know. So we come with confidence knowing that God hears our prayers. And so knowing this, David concludes in verse 3, we should pray expectantly. Think about that. If we believe that a sovereign God who is working all things to his own will and that he wants us to pray, and that he calls us to pray, then we should watch expectantly for him to work throughout the day. We should want to see him move. I know many people who make a list at the beginning of the day to, to watch things go off the list so that at the end of the day it's been finished. But think of this. When we come to the Lord with confidence in prayer, then we should look expectantly, looking for him to work throughout our day. If we pray for God to move, we should expect for God to move. Think about how that might change your prayers or how you might face your day. If you pray expectantly, how would that make you pray differently? When you pray, you say, God, when you begin the day, God, 
help me to have an opportunity to share the gospel today. Well, then, are you looking for someone that you didn't realize that God has put in your path to share the gospel with? So many times that I think even in myself that I've prayed that, and then the whole day goes on, and then I look back and say, oh, that was the person I was supposed to share the gospel with. God, I prayed it at the beginning of the day. I, I should have been looking for it. We might pray at the beginning of the day, God, give me grace and change me by the work of the Spirit, that I might be working and moving and looking more like Jesus. And so we should look expectantly throughout the day that Jesus, that God is putting things in our life that we might grow in patience or self-control or love or kindness so that we know that God is working to move in us. Maybe you're even praying because you know you have a rough day. You know that you have something that you're not looking forward to that day. What if you went into the day praying and knowing, looking for those grace-filled moments that God takes you by surprise? That you look knowing that God is with you and walking with you through that day. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray and watch expectantly. But also, number two, we need to pray agreeing with God to hate sin. We need to pray agreeing with God to hate sin. Now, verse 4 David changes his, his prayer or song, because we read in the beginning, this is a song with flutes, it says. It says, so for you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil cannot dwell with you. The boastful cannot stand in your uh, sight. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who tell lies. The Lord abhors violence and treacherous people. Now, David is probably praying and knowing about other people. But if we are agreeing that God hates sin and evil, then we must agree with God and ask him to help us avoid evil. Look at what David writes in verse 4. God does not delight in wickedness, and in in evil cannot dwell with you. Well, this is a biblical principle that we know goes from from Genesis, when Adam and Eve was kicked out of the garden because of sin and evil, uh, to the end in Revelation, when we know that all evildoers will be cast in the lake. This is not. This is a theme that is throughout the Bible, and David reminds us of this: that evil cannot dwell with God. So, if we know this, wouldn't we want to pray, God, help keep me from evil today, because I want you with me throughout the day. I want you to be with me. And this is, understanding this helps us to remind ourselves to be relying on him, to dwelling with him, that he walks with us, that we need our help. And just some of the things that David even prayed about in verse 5, he talks about how being the boastful cannot stand in your sight. Maybe we might, might need to pray, God, help me to be less prideful today. Help me to be more humble and be with humility then I might not be first to defend myself, defend my position, defend myself, but instead love and serve others. Or what about verse 6? Those who are evil tell lies, and the Lord upholds and violent and treacherous people. Well, verse 6, we, we might say and pray and speak for God to help us speak the truth. Look, the reality is, is we as Christians should be like God, and we must speak the truth. We know the Ten Commandments tells us that we should not lie, but it is reality that we as Christians struggle with our tongue. 
that we might be saying something that blesses God in one minute and curses about the things of God the next minute. And not even just our tongue, but what we post online and in our social media. We say one thing that glorifies God and we post something else that, that brings self to glory to ourself or glory to man's ideas. And the reality is we need to be careful what we say, that it's not hypocritical to what we believe about God. And there was some movie or some TV show that I remember, and I don't remember where exactly it came, but I just remember laughing when I heard it. Somebody said a bad word or something or, or, or lied or something, and they said, do you kiss your mother with a dirty mouth like that? And it, it reminded you, you say, well, are you going to kiss your mama and then turn around and say something rude like that? Well, isn't that what should be the, a God or a thought for us as believers? That we're going to bless the Lord with our mouths, but we might also use our tongue as a weapon. James 3 reminds us of this. In verse 7, it says, Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has attained by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father and with people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. So maybe in the morning, as we're thinking about our day, that we might pray, God, help me tame my tongue. Help me to be using it as a blessing, not just for you, but for encouragement for those around us. That we would flee wickedness, that we would agree with God that there are wicked and bad things, and that we would ask him to help us avoid those things. We should chase righteousness, and we should ask for God to help us at the beginning of each day. And But also, number three, we should pray to live out of the abundance of God's love. That we should pray to live out of the abundance of God's love. Verse 7 through 8 enters this way or begins this way. But I will enter your house by the abundance of your faithful love. I bow down towards your holy temple and reverential all of Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my adversaries. Make your way straight before me. You know, I believe that it is good for us to begin each day to be reminded of the love that God has for us. That we are reminded that God loves us with a never-ending love, an unbreakable love. David contrasted the people, the evil people that he had just talked about to say, no, instead, though, we know, God, you love the faithful, that you love me. If you notice how this is worded, remember it says, it begins, I enter your house because of, why? Your faithful love. And then it continues on to help me go in righteousness. I think that's important that, that David is reminding us it's not one before the other. That we don't work our way into the faithfulness of God. That we don't come into the presence of God because we know that we can work our way there or be good. Instead, it is by God's faithful love to us that we are accepted. It is God's faithful love through the cross of Jesus. That Titus, uh, in the book of Titus, it reminds us in chapter 3, but when the kindness of our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration 
and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out His Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ. Boy, what a, what a good thing for us to be reminded at the beginning of the morning that we would pray to be reminded through the gospel of Jesus Christ that we are loved people, but that because of that love, verse 4, God lead me into righteousness. Uh, the, the heart song or the cry of our hearts or the changing of our hearts now is because we have been loved. We want to serve you. We want to be faithful to you, God. And in response to this, we want to have understanding in the morning that, God, we are following you because of this great love you have given us. But isn't this also a good way to start our day that doesn't begin in a way that we live fearfully all day long? I mean, if we live by some works, righteousness, salvation, that we thought that we might gain our way to God, we would be worried all day long. Did I mess up? Did God uh, lose lose my love his love for me now because I didn't walk in righteousness today no this is a reminder that God loves us and that even when we do mess up that God will still love us I remember when I was playing football I was the starting center and I was so fearful that I was going to lose my spot I was afraid some you know, I'm, I was a junior. Some freshman or some new guy's going to come along, and he's going to—they're going to put him in instead. And 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 so I was always thinking that way. And one practice, I, it was just awful. I I pulled when I wasn't supposed to. I hiked the ball on the wrong snap. All these different things—things things that you shouldn't do as a center. And I just remember thinking, "That's it. They're going to put somebody else in. I'm done. That's." And my position coach did something. He just, he said, he pulled me aside at the end of the practice. He said, Dobbins, you can't use first names on the football field. Dobbins, I believe in you. I put you there for a reason. You're going to make mistakes, but my job is to get the best out of you. So quit worrying about losing your spot and do your best. You know, we need to be reminded that God's love has overwhelmed us with grace. And that when throughout the day we are going to mess up, we are going to fail, God's still going to love us. God's still going to be there for us. So at the end of the day, when we lay down and we take count for where we failed, do we take that seriously? Yes. We go to God and say, God, please help me. I confess these to you. God, forgive me. Help me put these sins to death. We, I ask for your forgiveness, but I rest now knowing that you are a loving God and that I'll always be with you. Isn't it good to know that we have a loving God? Will, he, will, Christ, will God ever stop loving Christ? No. And he's never going to stop loving you if you're in Christ. Let's be faithful and pray that we live out of the abundance of God's love. Number four, we need to pray to know knowing God will act justly. We begin our day praying, knowing that God will act justly. In verse 9, for there is nothing reliable in what they say. Destruction is within them. Their throat is an open grave. He's describing all these horrible, vicious things that people may be saying about David or just saying in general. And then verse 10, punish them, God. Let them fall by their own schemes. Drive them out because of their many crimes, for they rebel against you. Now, this is a very high prayer of justice to be done. 
Now, I want to caution us that we don't take this and pray this, that we start praying against our enemies. <laughs> uh, this is not what we're supposed to do. We can pray against the evil that they do. We can pray against the things that they are doing. But what the spirit of this is trusting that God throughout our day will work out things justly. Knowing this, that whatever happens in the day, that God's going to deal with it. What a, what a great relief. Because I can think of the day that I don't have to go around being the avenger. And, and when something bad happens to me, or when someone else does something to me, or when someone says something curtly to me, or someone in a board meeting or an office or whatever does something that gets me angry, I don't have to turn into the Hulk and avenge my own pride and my own status because I know that God is working all things out justly for me. I know that Many of us go out throughout the day and someone might throw shade at us online or in a meeting. And our first temptation is to react back. But we need to be reminded that God is a just God and we can respond with truth and forgiveness. We might be annoyed with all this coronavirus stuff and instead of writing blogs and lashing out at each other, we, we need to respond in the truth and grace that we would want someone to give to us. There's no reason for us throughout the day to diminish our, our testimony to God or the witness to the world because all we care about is trying to be God who's already doing the justice. It's God who's working those things out. We're called to act lovingly, patiently, forgivingly. Yes, we are to be angry when someone sins, but we are to have a righteous anger, not an avenging or revengeful anger. This even doesn't assume that we know, this assumes that we know what we're talking about. And that's not necessarily the case. See, we can pray with much calm for our day, knowing that we don't have to look and act and be the judge of all things. That God's doing that. That we can react and live like Christ. That we can bring peace and joy and love to the world. And that we don't have to be the one avenging things throughout the day. And finally, number five, we need to pray with joy, knowing God will be with you. We can pray with joy, knowing that God will be with us. It says, verse 11, but let those who take re refuge in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them, and may those who love your name boast about you. For you, Lord, bless the righteous one. You surround him with favor like a shield. First, we see here in the Hebrew that we see that it is verse 12. For you, Lord, that's Yahweh. Here is understanding that the sheltering or the protection comes differently. As opposed to the one who are giving lies and death in verses 9 and 10. Those who, who we can't trust in what they say. Who is the one we can be sure gives us refuge, protection, and strength? Yahweh. The, the, the name of the Lord that he gave to himself that, that although everyone else uh, in contrast with the wicked can't be trusted, he says, I am that I am. I am truth and I am sure. And he protects us with a covenantal love. And if we understand that we start our day in the grace, protection, and goodness of this 
uh, truth-speaking God, then we can rejoice. We can know that we can take shelter, protection throughout the rest of our day and that we have this joy because we know that no matter what lies ahead of us, we can rejoice because God is covering us. When Martin Luther was making his way to Osberg to appear before the cardinal, one of the servants asked him, where will you find shelter if your patron, the elector of Saxony, deserts you because things don't go well? Martin Luther just quickly answered, I will find shelter under heaven. Isn't that good to know that we can face anything? No matter what is going on, no matter what we face in that meeting, that tough conversation with a friend, no matter what we are facing, we have God protecting us and is with us. And that gives us the opportunity to rejoice. That is what verse 11 says. Because we can take refuge, we can rejoice. We can face the day as a believer and as a Christian with a, with a, 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 a foundational joy, knowing that there's nothing throughout the day that is outside of God's control. There is nothing throughout the day that will go beyond His protection, that there is a joy. Now, that doesn't mean that we are happy all the time. We grieve. We lament. All these things happen. But we can face the joy, the, the, the day with joy because we are under the shelter of heaven. I mean, think of this as a believer. We can face this joy, the day with joy knowing this, that God answers prayers. We can rejoice that God covers our sin. We can rejoice that God has the unbreakable love for us. We can rejoice that God is before us bringing justice. We can rejoice knowing that God is protecting us all day long. There's a lot to say hallelujah about. Amen? Let's say hallelujah. What a great word for us at the beginning of each day. The, the, the rest of the day we can rejoice knowing that God is with us. The scripture tells us in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, what is lover, whatever is lovely or commendable, excellent or praiseworthy, think of these things. And so as you go out your day, you can think of these things in joy. We need to commit to joy throughout our day, understand how God has changed our life and how we could worship God throughout that day. What if we looked at day ahead with this type of sureness and confidence? What type of joy would we face each day because the morning mercies are new? What kind of joy would change the way that we treat people throughout the day? Resting in this wonderful truth. So how do we face the day? Well, I hope that first of all, you have faced it knowing that you know Christ. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the first and most important thing you need to do is to call out to God. If you want to have a God that answers your prayer, a God who covers your sin, a God who loves you unending, that one that God can bring justice for you and that is protecting you all day long, it begins by understanding your need for God. That God, through Jesus Christ, paid for your sin. He didn't put the wrath on you or on me, but he put it on Christ. 
And Christ's death on the cross paid for our sin. And Jesus rose again three days later. And those who trust in him will not perish but have eternal life. Maybe today you need to face your day in a new way, in a new day, trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But brothers and sisters, believers, how do you start your day? Focused on yourself, not even thinking about God? Start your day with God and see what a mighty God awaits throughout your day. And I pray that we would all see him at work in our lives, that we would live with joy, knowing that God is with us all day long. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your Son, Jesus Christ, who by him and through him all things have been made new, that we are forgiven. And so, God, I pray this morning that we would trust in you, that we would face our day with hope, that we face our day believing and living for you. And I pray, God, that through this, we would see you expectantly through our lives. We're thankful, Lord, that through Christ we can have trust and faith in you. And God, I pray that we would begin a new way, a new path for us to pray, to trust God. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we would begin to think about new ways to start our day with you. That we would trust you for salvation. If, if there's someone listening or, or following along at home that has not trusted you, we pray, God, that through this and through your word, you would convict them and through Jesus Christ, they would be saved. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.